Okay, everyone. I would like to welcome you to the first episode of my brand new podcast, Rampages Random Ramblings. This is a podcast I'm going to be doing every so often, whenever I feel like it, and whenever I feel like there's a relevant topic for me to talk about. And I actually have a few things to talk about here. So, uh, we're going to be talking about the NSFL draft, specifically the first round, what I think of the picks, um, how they fit into the team, um, and how I think they're going to do in the NSFL. I also have talks about the DSFL draft, specifically my philosophy to team building. What do I look for in rookies? What do I look for in new players that I want to bring into my organization? As well as any questions that people might have for me and that were asked over the past couple of days. So, without further ado, and without talking too long, we're going to get right into things with round one of the NSFL draft. So, obviously, first pick overall, a guy that differentiated himself pretty early from the rest of his class, a guy who's been an absolutely top, top earner, uh, a guy who's done a ton of media, he's done basically everything you can want for a prospect. Uh, he's been pretty excellent, although it's a guy I haven't talked to a whole lot personally, Prince Vegeta. Uh, congratulations, uh, belated congratulations, I suppose, uh, for your first overall selection. So, like I was saying, he is a top-tier earner. It's not even close. Um, as far as I can tell, um, according to the sheet that they put, um, and the draft area of the forums. No one else cracked 250 TPE. Uh, a few people cracked 240. Uh, a few people were in the mid 210s, 220s, but he almost hit 260, which is pretty insane if you think about it. That is some absolutely crazy earning pace. Uh, even a lot of the guys from season 18, which was uh, the last Reddit class um, didn't come close to that. Like they were, you know, two twenties, two thirties, but man, he's been he's been on a pretty crazy pace. So big respect to him. He's done a lot uh, in the first few weeks of his time with the league. So, uh, what do I think? I think it's obviously a really good pick. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. And I think he has a ton of potential at the next level. Uh, if he keeps earning at this kind of rate, he might actually be one of the best safeties in the league uh, in the next few years. Uh, and I don't think it's too crazy to say something like that. Because he's just been so, so good. Like, it, it's crazy. Uh, so, again, congratulations. Uh, and let's move on to Otis Allen being picked up by the San Jose Sabercats. Now, this is also a guy that I haven't really talked to. Um, there's a lot of people in this class that I haven't been talking to, mainly because I've been either busy at GMing or I was already in the race locker room, so I didn't, you know, interact with them uh, in the locker rooms of the DSFL. But Allen, obviously, defensive lineman. Uh, NSFL teams love defensive linemen. And there's a good reason for that, because defensive linemen 
are in short supply for a lot of the time because, well, they're not the most exciting position. Let's be honest here. Um, it's fine, but a lot of the time, DTs and DEs don't get a massive amount of stats, unlike, say, linebackers or cornerbacks. But when you can find good defensive linemen, you want them on your team, and you want them on your team for a long time because they can make a difference. Uh, they can, you know, make or break a defense, right? Bad defensive linemen, like if you're stuck with low TPE guys, it can hurt you a ton. But in this case, they get another guy who's been a really solid earner. Uh, Allen, I believe, if I look real quick, yep, he's the best defensive tackle earner in the class. Um, Blackstone beats him at defensive end, but it's not a whole lot. Um... And as far as I know, Sabercats already have some defensive ends. So a defensive tackle would be more valuable for them, perhaps. Um, so, again, congratulations, Mr. Allen, for being picked second overall in this draft. And let's move to a pick that confused me. Not for any reasons regarding Junipt Catfish. Junipt is an absolutely wonderful person. Uh, interacting with him in the DSFL GM chat is always pleasurable. Uh, very, very funny. Um, but I have to ask what the plan is. Because looking at their roster, Philadelphia Liberty have three running backs. They have Sam Torrenson, who... I mean, we all know Sam Torrenson. Come on. He's one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, arguably the best. And most, and a lot of people would argue it's not even close. Right? Uh, they have Farley Hank, who I don't know if he's new or if he's been on there for a while and I just didn't see it. I don't know. But he's also there. And he's almost 750 TP. So, you know, that's pretty solid. And then they have fellow Season 18 uh, player. Fuzzy Dotson, uh, who also is a pretty solid player. So, what's the plan? They have three running backs, one of which is already really, really good, and still is about, I think, two seasons out from regression at least. I don't know when season 16 regresses, but I think it's at least, no, it's at least four seasons, I think. Two, three, four, whatever. He's a long time away from starting to regress, and he has a lot of TP to fight that regression as well. So it won't be a problem for him. Farley Hank will eventually start regressing as well. I think next season is his first season of regression, but he, again, has a decent amount of TP to fight it off. Not as much as Torrenson does, but, you know, 750 TP isn't bad. And Dotson is even younger than the other two, and it's almost at 600 TP already. So, what's their plan, is my question. And I couldn't tell you. I know they did it for the user, because Junips is really, really good. Like, I can understand picking Junip to 100%, but another running back? I don't know. It's confusing to me. Maybe they do have a plan. Maybe the plan is to, say, move her over to wide receiver. Um, which I wouldn't hate. Um, I think she can do really, really good there. But, I don't know. I don't know. That's the pick that kind of made me scratch my head the most out of any of these. 
So, moving on. Next up for San Jose, who had two picks in the first round. They grab He Hate Me Pick 6. What a name that is. Uh, I've seen He Hate Me a lot. Um, I'm just going to call him HH now. Or H. I've seen H a ton uh, in the discords. He's been very, very active. Um, and he seems like a really genuine guy. Um, so, I respect him a lot. Um, good cornerbacks, again... You know, good defensive players are really, really important. And considering that they only have two corners on the roster, like two proper corners, and a lot of their defensive backs are really, really old. Like Trey Stolley and Tyler Swift are season 12 and season 13, respectively. You also have Jarrell Tuck, who's season 12. So, eesh. You know, they don't have anyone really young at the defensive back uh, positions. However, he hate me, um, puts that kind of need, uh, or it makes the need not so much of a need anymore, because he's already the best cornerback they have on the team. Although, that's not saying a whole lot, considering the other guy they have is an inactive 274 TPE guy. But I think he has a lot of potential. I think he can easily become a superstar in this league. Um, and I really wish for the best for him. I think he's going to do very, very well uh, in the league. So next up is Criss Cross, wide receiver for Baltimore. Uh, again, it's a guy I haven't interacted with a whole lot myself. But... He seems like a really, really good earner. Uh, he's already at 300 TPE. So, he's doing pretty good right now. Uh, which is pretty pretty impressive. Um, and he joins a Baltimore Hawks team that kind of needs new wide receivers. Uh, Maddox is getting older. Uh, he's season 12, so I think this is his either second or third season of regression. So he's starting to get hit pretty hard. Corvo Havran isn't getting younger, uh, any younger either. He hit his first season of regression as well, if I remember correctly. The other wide receiver they have on the roster right now, Asher Quinn, while he's not inactive, uh, he hasn't been the best earner. He's sitting at about 400 TP, which is decent. I, I won't say it's bad, but you can always get better. So... For an aging Corvo Havran, getting him new weapons uh, that he can use for the next few seasons is always a good thing. And in this case, they get a really, really good receiver. Uh, he was the highest earner in the class by about 20 TPE over uh, Get Right, uh, Jerome Davis, below him. So... Uh, good luck, Mr. Cross. I think you have a really good chance to shine in this Baltimore offense. So next up, the next pick goes to Chicago. The Chicago Butchers selected Osiris Firestorm Fjord, a tight end. Quite the name, uh, Mr. Fjord. Uh, very impressive. Uh, I've seen Onion Bagel around a lot uh, on the forums. Uh, he seems to be a pretty good hype man, so uh, a lot of respect to him. He's getting a lot of these rookies excited for this kind of stuff, which is really cool. 
That's what I want to see, right? I want to see players getting excited, you know? Uh, we're all here to have fun, right? So, you know, let's have fun. Um, looking at him right now, uh, looking at the Butcher's roster, uh, they didn't have a tight end before this. They had some decent receivers. They had um, R-E-E-S-P. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that name because it's just a disaster. Uh, they have, from the same class, Jerome Davis, uh, wide receiver. And then they have Sean O'Leary uh, from season 19. So they have some decent weapons, but a tight end is something that, while not a lot of teams run, a good tight end um, can bring a lot to an offense. Uh, look at Jamison Irving, for example. He had a really, really damn good season. Um, but more weapons as Jenkins also gets older. She's also from season 14, uh, is always good. So solid pick for the Butchers. And again, I think he has a lot of potential at this kind of level. So I'll be interested to see how his career goes. Next up, Mr. Emmanuel Blackstone, defensive end for, for Colorado. Sorry. I was about to say Chicago again, but no, it's Colorado. I always get those teams mixed up. Anyways, looking at him, again, another player who's been a really, really good earner. Right now, he's sitting at almost 330 TP uh, as of the time of me recording this. At the time of the draft, he was the highest earning defensive end, and it wasn't even close. He's sitting close to 250 TP, 241. Uh, Chipotle, who was a TP just below him, uh, missed 200 by a small margin. So he has a pretty big advantage over the rest of the defensive ends in this class. So, like I was saying before, defensive ends and defensive linemen in general are very, very important. Uh, and a lot of teams love drafting defense. Um, they already had some pretty damn good players um, on the defensive line. They had Bubba Thumper, uh, as well as Mo Berry. While Mo Berry might not be on the line necessarily, still absolutely amazing defensive player. This defense is pretty crazy looking at it. Uh, they have a lot of good safeties. They have some really damn good corners. They have the best linebacker in the league. Um, there's a lot of power uh, on this defense. And Blackstone is another piece that they can add to a, a second defensive end. So I think Colorado is going to be pretty damn scary this season. Um, but we'll wait and see. I think there's a lot of potential for Blackstone to be a game wrecker, especially with so many other really good players. There's a lot of potential on this defense. It could be really, really good. So we'll just have to wait and see. Next up, Dorfus Jimbo Jr., defensive end for NOLA. Now, this was an interesting one for me. I mean, obviously, it's Scorp, you know? Scorp, everyone knows Scorp. Um, so, obviously, they did it at least in part because of the user. So, 
my question is, you know, could they have gone with someone else? Maybe. Uh, he wasn't the greatest earner, at least during the time at the draft. Maybe he's better now, but he's actually not in the TPE tracker on NOLA, which is a bit strange, but that's fine. Maybe he got moved to a different team. Anyways, he wasn't the best earner. He was actually fifth uh, in the class behind Logan Noble Jr., Chipotle, Larry Longshot, and Emmanuel Blackstone. So... I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know what the plan is with him, um, but I think he, again, he has solid potential. Everyone knows who Scorp is. He's going to be sticking around. So I don't hate the pick, but I think there were better players available at that kind of level. Next up is Wraith Douglas Quaid, a linebacker for Yellowknife. So, uh, as someone who's in the Yellowknife War Room, I can kind of give a little bit of uh, a little bit more kind of thought process on why we took um, Quaid here. First of all, both of our GMs absolutely loved Hendrix as a user. Um, he seemed like a really cool guy, um, you know, funny, someone we'd want to have in the locker room. And I think that's important. You you don't only want someone for their player. Because ultimately, that doesn't make everything, right? Um, we're here to have fun still, right? But we also want to have good users behind those players. And I think uh, Quaid kind of fits that role. Because Hendrix is great. Absolutely wonderful. And... He's at a position where we need backup. Uh, Selich is old. Like, really, really old. If I look... Well, he's not quite the oldest person on the roster, but it's pretty damn close. He's only a year younger than Grithead. So, they're both deep into recession um, right now. They're hitting it hard. So, we need a linebacker to replace him. And Quaid was someone we were looking at pretty early on. Uh, it was either between him or SCM, but eventually the GMs um, were saying, okay, I think it's going to be Quaid uh, over Summers. Um, but they're both great. They were both great players. It was a really, really tough choice um, because they both have a lot of potential, I think. Uh, but we ultimately went with Quaid. Um, I'm happy to have him on the team. I think he's an absolutely excellent person. Uh, talking to him in the locker room is always a joy. Um, he's a really funny guy. Um, and honestly, I can't wait to play with him. I think it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, and finally, to end out the first round, we have defensive tackle Riles McTackle uh, for Austin. All right, this is another... Kind of interesting one. Less so than, say, Scorp um, being the second defensive end off the board. But, once again, he kind of fell behind a few of the other users uh, in terms of raw TP game. But maybe the uh, Copperheads didn't like Sardine Beaner or Pete Miller. Maybe they had reservations that I don't know about. But, again, solid player. 
you know, they're trying to build out the trenches like everyone else. Um, the defensive line is something a lot of teams, you know, want. Good defensive lines, like I was saying, you know, make a huge difference. Um, and in this case, well, they don't really have a good defensive tackle outside of McTackle now. Uh, they have John Caleb Bradburton, but he's pretty much in completely inactive. Um, and he's sitting at only 200 TPE. So he's kind of bad. Uh, their defensive ends are decent. Uh is pretty good. Uh, Idlewild has a ton of potential. Like he's he was crushing it last season. Um, Fassingit is pretty good, but Kusella's old, right? He's also deep in a recession. So they needed to inject some youth and some active youth, especially onto that defensive line. And Riles McTackle, I think, brings that. So. It'll be interesting to see how his career develops. I think he's going to be really, really good as well. I think everyone in this first round has a ton of potential. Um, you've got a small smattering of vets, but it's a lot of new names. And I'm really excited to see what these new names are really going to do uh, in this league. Alrighty, so that concludes our little section talking about the NSFL draft. Now I'm going to briefly, this isn't, I can't reveal too much. Uh, HL will strike me down in an instant. If I reveal too much about the DSFL draft, but I didn't want to talk about it a little bit, just a little. And what I really wanted to talk about was kind of my philosophy of what I think or what I want in a player, what I'm looking for, and really what I think you can do to stand out um, as a player, especially in a class like this. Like, this class is gigantic. It's almost 300 people now. So you can imagine how fast we're drafting through this one. Because um, it is slow, man. Like, really, really slow. But my sort of thoughts, at least in the DSFL, I think culture comes first, right? Because in the DSFL, at least, there's a lot of turnover uh, of players. Just because, you know, people get busy or people get bored. And I think with an active locker room, with good people inside of it, you can cut down on the amount of people that are going to leave. Because some people will. It's just an inevitability. Um, people get busy. They get bored. You know, whatever it is. But I think a good locker room, good people in there, a good culture, can kind of help guard against uh, too much loss of talent. I think if you have a bad locker room, it almost guarantees that a lot of the people that you draft will leave um, just because they can't deal with it. You know, no one wants to be in a toxic place. Um, not to say any of the locker rooms in the DSFL are toxic, right? All of the GMs I've been talking to are excellent. 
and no one really sticks out to me as, oh, this might be a little bit suspect. But I think the people you draft are important too. Because I want active players that are going to be talking to each other. I also want my veterans to be talking to these people. And I just want everyone to be engaging with each other, you know? Um, with whatever, you know? They can just shoot the shit, right? They don't have to always be talking about the NSFL. I just want people that are having fun, you know? I don't want people to feel like that they're super obligated to be, you know, hyperactive, only focusing on the NSFL. You know, that's the only thing that matters. No, man, come on. We're here for other reasons, too. We're here for the community and to have fun, ultimately. We're not here. It's not like the NFL, you know, where you have to dedicate your life only to the game in most cases. We're here to have fun, too. You know, there's stuff you can do without... Uh, without the NSFL. And I think that culture is part of that. You know, you want people that can have fun, that can joke together, that can laugh together, um, that talk about the game, that talk about other stuff. Um, and that's kind of what I want to look for when I'm drafting uh, for the DSFL. Because the more you can keep players around, the better your team is going to do. You don't want players that are going to flake after a single season, you know, whether they go inactive because the locker room isn't active enough or because they don't like the culture there or whatever reason. You, I want to keep people engaged and I want people that can help me with that. So that's kind of what I look for in the DSFL as well as uh, obviously like solid players. Like, a lot of the guys that we draft, we don't draft just because they're good players. But that's part of it. Obviously, you want to win. You know? Um, we're here to both win and have fun. I don't think anyone wants to lose here. Tanking uh, in the DSFL really doesn't do that much for you. You know? Because uh, this league moves fast. New new blood is always coming in. Old blood is always going out. Um so, you know, your fortunes can change in a single season. So you want to win. You want to do whatever you can to win. So that's kind of how I see it. Kind of a brief talk about how I think about talent. What I think is important. Um, I do actually have a question a little bit later. Uh, that I'll get to in a few minutes. About how rookies can actually differentiate themselves and how they can really make themselves stand out. Um, and I'll talk about that when we get to that. Speaking of which, um, I'm going to start talking about questions because I actually have quite a few of them. And I would like to thank uh, whoever sent them in. Um, so let's get right into those First question, uh, first set of questions, rather, comes from Welker11, uh, previous Minnesota GM that I took over for. Uh, thank you for the questions, man. Uh, so, question one is, obviously, the complete turnover in Minnesota's front office was something that not many people anticipated. 
how are you and do all adjusting to the change? Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of poorly right now, but I think that's just because this class is so massive. Um, it's huge, man. Like, there's so many players that we have to go through. Um, even the inactives. We have to draft everyone. So, at a certain point, it's kind of, you know, just basically checking off the sheet, right? But other than that, <laughs> other than that being kind of painful, uh, it's been good, you know? Um, talking to the locker room again seriously has been great. Um, talking to the guys that I haven't talked to in a little bit because I've been busy in the NSFL with Yellowknife uh, has been a great experience again. Um, and I you know, hope to do it more, but I think as the season, as this season goes on, um, and as we kind of acclimate to being GMs, uh, I think it'll get better right now. It's a bit hectic, but I think, uh, by next season, we'll have it all figured out. His second question is what are you most excited for in the season ahead of us? I, I just want to get these rookies in man. I just want to get them in the locker room because so many of them are just awesome. Like talking to them, I fall in love, man. Um, no, no other way to say it. You know, a lot of them I think are going to be really, really good. And I can't wait till draft night to send that message to them, telling them, congratulations, you've been drafted by Minnesota. Um, that'll be a hell of a night. Um, it's going to be another long night because, again, 200, almost 300 picks. But I'm going to still enjoy it um, as much as I can. And finally, the best flightless bird. Well, I would say ducks, but ducks can fly. So mm, I have to say ostriches just because they're so friggin' huge. But I don't know. There's, there's a lot of answers here. And I don't really know. I'm not a bird expert, as one might say. Next set of questions comes from Tesla. I believe one of the Season 22 rookies, actually. Uh, his first question is what I was going to talk about. What would you recommend a rookie do to integrate themselves to the team? Just be active, man. Be in the locker room. Talk to people. Ask questions. We're all here to help you. You know, we want you to stay around. We don't want people that go inactive after a week. Um, we want people that are going to stick out the entire season. So you just need to ask questions, you know, ask questions, uh, talk to the team, just have fun in the locker room, right? Uh, pretty much every locker room in the league is going to welcome rookies with an open heart. Because we always need new blood. We always need new players. So it's not like NFL locker rooms where sometimes rookies get hazed. No, 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 no. We don't do that. We want you guys to be in the locker room, stuck in, talking to the veterans all the time. That's what we want. That's what we want. So if you guys can do that too, that's pretty excellent. Favorite part of this most recent draft and least favorite part? Favorite part, like I was saying before, man, the players. Um, so many people in this draft are just amazing. You know, great, great people. I've been talking to a ton of them in the rookie Discord, and man, um, 
there's a lot of active people in here. So I think it's going to be pretty damn good um, for this class. Um, <clears throat> uh, least favorite part? Oh, God. Definitely the length of it. As much as the actives are great, we still have to draft the inactives, too. The people who created a player and then ghosted the forums. We still have to draft them. Um, so that's slow. It's really, really slow. Um, just there's, it's such a sheer volume of players to get through, uh, especially earlier on when there were so many good options. Um, a lot of the war rooms would take hours per pick. Now we sped up significantly, um, as we kind of get past the actives, but still, whew, it's a long, long process. Uh, and his last question is best defensive line archetype. Um, I'm probably not the best person to ask. I've heard that a lot of people like Runstopper, but otherwise, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Okay, Revolution has a lot of questions, actually. Thank you. Uh, happy to answer them. Um... His first question opens up a can of worms that I would prefer to stay closed, but, well, here we go. What would you like to see changed about the league? Oh, boy. Um, that's a really, really tough question. Because, on the whole, I think the league is run very well. Um, things happen on time. You know, things aren't breaking besides the occasional sim goof, but I'm not going to blame that on the simmers or HO or anything like that. It's just a sim. You know, it's not the most stable piece of software in the world. But uh, for changes, oh, Jesus. I, mm, I guess the only thing is sometimes punishments seem a bit arbitrary. I don't know. That's really the only thing I can think of that really needs a change. Because everything else is pretty good. You know, uh, it's run well. Things happen on time. Um, the people in the background are excellent. People like Infinite, Manic Mav, um, they do great work. So, nothing like that needs to change. But I think maybe a little bit more transparency in terms of punishments would go a long way to sort of soothing the hatred some people can have towards HO uh, after certain decisions. Other than that, I don't know. Um, I just don't know enough about the league yet to really uh, make a statement about what I think needs changed. His second question is, what do you think a DSFL team can bring to the table to set themselves apart um, that's actually a really tough question, because a lot of the DSFL teams, at least culture-wise, are pretty similar to one another. Everyone, you know, we all want to be friendly, right? We want our rookies to have a good time, so that's kind of expected. But differentiating yourself, I think, in the DSFL is hard, because a lot of players only spend a year here. Some people might spend two or three, but most people, uh, if they're really good earners, will only spend one year. So I think it's tough. 
I think it's really, really tough to differentiate yourself. I think it's just um, having, you know, a good support staff, having league veterans in there can make a difference, uh, especially having a few NSFL GMs in there can kind of make a difference, kind of, you know, allow them to look at your rookies as they grow, um, can kind of help their confidence when they go into the NSFL. But that's a really good question. It's something I wouldn't mind exploring a little bit deeper, perhaps. Uh, Favorite post-game cheat meal. Oh, man. You know, I'm always impartial, or I always love, like, good homemade mac and cheese. You know, um, that's honestly just a game changer uh, compared to like, you know, Blue Box, for example, is a kind of classic example. But yeah, good mac and cheese, man. Um, It's amazing. His fourth question is lots of people talking expansion. They are. I didn't see that. Uh, As a new player, I'm seeing quite a few players who are not active, and that gives me doubt about some of the big expansion plans I've heard. What do you think? This is a really good question, and it's something I really don't know much about yet. And I think it's something that a lot of people, even in HO, don't really know about yet. Because right now... um, there's still a good amount of active people. Um, and the issue is we want everyone to get playing time, you know? Um, it's in the rule book that every player that's active has to have playing time. So the problem starts to arise when so, when a class is this huge, even if it's just, let's say, 80 people are active in the NSFL. That's an extra eight people per roster. Okay? That's a lot to take in. Uh, Even with retirements and regression, like, man, that's tough. Um, There's also budgets to worry about. Um, There's a ton of stuff that you have to worry about when you have so many rookies that might be coming in. So... I don't know yet. Maybe there are plans to expand the league. Um, Because with a class this big, uh, there's a lot of active players here. Uh, Even if there's so many inactives, that's just how it is. You know, people either get intimidated by what they think they need to do. You know, it all looks so confusing. Right, TPE, update page, what, what is all this, you know? Rookies uh, sometimes don't know what they're doing. But with enough active players, and believe me, there's a lot. There are a lot of active players in this class. As someone who's drafting for the DSFL, oh, Jesus. Um, we got actives like several hundred picks in, to put that in context. But... I think, um, I think it might be um, something to think about, for sure. Uh, if only just to relieve the pressure on the rest of the teams. Because, you know, uh, we need to play actives, right? And if suddenly we get an extra eight players, you know, it's going to be tough to 
always put the best players forward, you know? So it's something to think about. I'm not sure yet. Um, I don't know what the plans are. HO always, you know, they're always talking. It's something they're discussing, I'm sure, very, very heavily. Um, I think the last expansion was season 14, maybe? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's season 14. But maybe it's time for another one with such a big injection uh, of new blood. It might be something to think about. Uh, his fifth question uh, is, the sim engine is probably my least favorite part of the NSFL. Well, you're not the only one. Don't worry. Uh, it feels clumpy, clunky, and I really can't follow it in real time. I know I'm new, so what do you think? Yeah, the sim sucks. <laughs> no, no doubt about it, it kind of sucks. It's an old piece of hardware. Um, but unfortunately, there really isn't anything better. Um, I've talked to some of the simmers um, in the league, and they really want to use the newer versions of the sim. Because they do have like yearly updates. But the issue is, uh, at least with the most recent one um, that I was talking to with the simmers about, is that after every play... There's like a box score thing that comes up, and that takes like 10 seconds to go away. So imagine, after every play, you have to wait another 10 seconds. Like, you're looking at multi-hour streams just to get a few games in, you know. Um, I think in terms of game speed, you'll eventually catch up to it. Um, it's just something that you learn. Um it might seem like it goes by fast right now, but eventually, you know, as you're watching it uh, more and more, I think you'll sort of acclimate to how the sim goes. Because remember, we want to get this done. You know, we don't want to have to force people that are playing, like, last game of the day to be watching at, like, 9 o'clock, right? Or 9.30, God forbid. Because um, we ultimately... Because we do have younger people in the league, and we want them to be able to watch too. So, yeah, it sucks, but unfortunately we can't do much better. Um, it's just the limitations of what we're working in. Um, that's just how it is. So the last question is, where do you see the NSFL in a year? Oof. <laughs> that's another really good question. It's a tough one to think about. Um, I think with the injection that season 22 is providing of new players, I think it's going to be really, really good. I think it's going to be a very vibrant year next year. Um, if it's anything like season 18, uh, the class that I came from, where, I mean, the current, to put in perspective, the current commissioners from season 18, right? Um, there's a lot of people from this class that, came in and took jobs for the league. Um, and I think if season 22 pans out the same way, uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be thriving, right? I think the NSFL has a lot of opportunities coming up, uh, next season. So it'll be really, really fun to watch you guys grow and, uh, join up, um, to the league. So Frostbite is the final person. Uh, in this post to have questions for me. So let's get started here. 
so his first question is, what do you think of Frost joining the race in season 22? I'm happy to have you, man. You know, welcome to the team, right? Um, you're pretty good in the DSFL. Um, the only issue is, obviously, we already have two running backs, so um, we have to make plans, you know? Um, whether one of you is going to swing out wide to wide receiver or tight end or whatever, right? Um, but I think it should be pretty fun. Um, more offensive weapons is never a bad thing. Um, so it should be a fun time. Uh, second question is, how are you such a dang good chef? I actually am mostly self-taught. Um, also some YouTube stuff that I watch. Um, but yeah, it's just practice, repetition, and occasionally fucking up a recipe. And that's just how it goes, you know? Uh, not everyone cooks perfectly all the time. So, yeah. Um, I just find it enjoyable. Um, I started really cooking uh, a few years ago, and it's just something that I've kind of been building my skills. Um, I've been kind of building my skills up over the years. Um, I'm not like a professional chef or anything like that, but I like to say I'm a decent home cook. Um, and the last question, final question of the podcast is, how do you think the NSFL will shake up the season and who had the best or worst drafts? Well, with Austin winning the Ultimus, that shakes up the, let me see, I think it's the AFSC? Yes, the AS, ASFC. Um, it shakes up that division a lot because a lot of people were kind of thinking, oh, you know, Orange County, they're just going to win every season, you know, and to be fair, uh, for the past few seasons, they basically have been winning every single season. So with Copperhead, you know, coming out of nowhere to win, I think, you know, they're poised to start a new dynasty. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch them grow. Uh, I'm not going to count Orange County out yet. Um, you know, they're always a scary opponent, as well as New Orleans. Um, those three teams, uh, I think, will be on top uh, in the ASFC. Uh, the Outlaws are kind of a wild card for me. I think they could be good. Um, if Q continues to play well, uh, if their running game improves, if their defense gets better, I think they have a lot of potential. Um, and the Sabercats, well, they're kind of the odd men out as far as I'm concerned. But I think Copperhead, Second Line, and Otters all have a solid chance uh, to make it to the big one uh, next season. For the NSFC, um, obviously the race, you know, they've been good forever, even if they haven't been able to close it out. But adding some big offensive pieces... Um, to the team in the draft, I think is going to help us a lot, especially as Cooter starts to regress. Um, we're going to want more weapons. Uh, we got some good defensive pieces. We got obviously Frost, who's good. Um, we finally have a real kicker, thank the Lord. Uh, even if we did have to spend a second round pick on him, um, I don't care because we lost because of field goals, because Donaldson sucks. So having a real kicker is going to be a goddamn treat. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think there's a lot of potential for shakeup uh, this year. I think any one of Copperhead, Second Line, or Otters uh, can make it to the Ultimus. And I think in the NSFC, um, I really think the Yeti um, have a good chance, as well as, obviously, the Wraith. Um, the Yeti defense is scary. Like, they have a lot of really damn good players. Um, the Hawks are never truly out of it. They have a lot of potential, too. Um, but I really think for the NSFC, it's going to be either Wraiths or Yeti uh, coming up uh, to the big one next season. So, that actually ends the podcast for this episode. I don't know how long I've been talking, considering Audacity only says time in seconds instead of, you know, minutes. But, I'm happy to have recorded this first episode of the podcast. I hope you guys are happy listening to it. Um, and I'm going to be signing off for the rest of today. I'll probably do another episode in maybe a week or so, because I have spring break, uh, next week. So I'll have some time off. Maybe I can make something then. Maybe I can have a guest on. Uh, any feedback is much appreciated. I want to hear what you have to say about the podcast. You know, what do you think? How should I change the format? That kind of thing. So this is Rampage signing off.